Hello and welcome to Stolen Trades Podcast, episode number 95. I'm Schmitty. I'm Stark. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. And uh, welcome this another freezing night. Uh, however, no winter storm this week. Which is nice. But yeah. we have inversion everywhere, which is nasty. <laughs> yeah, for those of uh, you who don't know what inversion is, uh, it's kind of a... Well, if you don't live in L.A., Mexico City, uh, Chicago, or Salt Lake City, uh, inversion, it's when all the crap that normally gets blown out of your air just settles into a valley and kills everyone. Think of it like a dinosaur extinction on a smaller scale. <laughs> it's that bad. Hey, but before we get started in on anything else or talking about how we kill people off with air pollution, uh, we want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Squarespace.com. You know, you could go and get a website from another company who doesn't really care about you, who wants to show you Joan Rivers in a bikini and strange racing models, like that has anything to do with your site. But you know what? I'd much rather actually go to a site that knows what they're doing and can build and design a site for me that works how I want it to work and looks just better than anything out there. And with Squarespace.com, you can do that. With their new layout engine, the sky's the limit. Seriously, this thing is more robust than anything any of us have seen. And I think we've all been doing websites for quite a while. Yeah. Their customer <laughs> service is second to none. These guys are class acts all the way. We want to get you in on this action. Go over to Squarespace.com SD for stolen droids, or use the promo code SD1. And you can get 10% off their already fantastic prices at squarespace.com. Also, shout out to our friends trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, and stitcher.com. And really, Joan Rivers in a bikini. You yeah. had to go there. Well, why? seriously, why do people even still go through that company that shall not, the Voldemort company? <laughs> the one that shall not be named. After because they, they put Joan Rivers in a bikini, apparently. After they subjected me to that, never again. <laughs> yeah, nobody needs to ever see that. Nobody. It's like, you, you know how bad that company is just from that. So, go go with someone classy. Go with Squarespace. They're cheaper anyway. Seriously, they're more affordable. All right. Which, into, and, and in this economy. Yep. Yeah. Um, on to our headlines. This week, uh, well, last week, actually, we discussed briefly uh, the Java Zero Day exploit. Well, we recorded that show on Saturday, and by Sunday, Java 7 update, revision 11, had come out that was supposed to patch it. And did it? No. It would patch the exploit that was currently out, but it turns out not the zero day still more exploits. <laughs> it turns out there's a lot of exploits with Java 7, so many the computer analysts are now estimating it to take two years to fix. Um, I can't tell you the company that I'm thinking of, but let's just say I know that there's a company that has not moved Java 7. Yeah. Well, Schmitty was amazed that uh, I don't use Java 7. I couldn't figure out why he did, because he's a huge Minecraft player. Minecraft doesn't use 7. It doesn't like it. I was wondering for the longest time why Minecraft wouldn't run on my work computer. <laughs> Once I uninstalled Java 7, hey, it works now. <laughs> and suddenly his productivity went down. <laughs> <laughs> Proof positive that Java 7 is evil, Minecraft doesn't run on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's this this is a nightmare for for Java. I mean, to come out and say that it's going to take 2 years 
to fix these patches or well, to excuse me to fix these holes with patches and I mean that's just an absolute nightmare for them. People have been saying for a while now that this newest version seven it was just too rushed out, and I think that's this is a perfectly good uh, example. Now they're right; it was too rushed out. That there's so many exploits, not just theoretical ones. It turns out these are being used in the wild. All these exploits are actually currently being used. In fact, one has gone up for sale. A hacker claims to have a zero-day exploit, and he is willing to sell it. Now, if there's any um, question, this is what we would call a black hat hacker. (laughs) Oh, no way. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think there's any question about his intent here. No. Yeah, I mean, what is, what's he asking? Like five thousand dollars for it or something? Yeah. Uh, I I'd ask for more. It does kind of make you wonder, doesn't it? Now that I think about it, I think this is almost a scam. Yeah, it's like because it's such a low amount. Yeah, it's like he's trying to get some money out of some some sucker governments or some sucker entities. And if he asked for too much, he'd scare away all the idiots. But he asked for too little, it would be too obvious. $5,000 is awfully low for an exploit like this. I would think so. I mean, the Russian mafia could have all sorts of fun with this one. <laughs> anonymous could have all sorts of fun with it. Maybe it is anonymous. I, I don't know. This is kind of weird now. Because the guy didn't say who he's with, so maybe, I mean, he's anonymous. <laughs> do you see? Do you like yeah, how yeah, my mind works? Yeah, yeah no, we, we we saw that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's this is this is crazy. But you know, I think it's interesting because they keep saying, you know, our advice is the same as it has been since the beginning. Uninstall Java. You don't need it. Nobody uses Java. I mean, I disagree. Yeah, I disagree I, strongly. I use it like crazy. Yeah, but, I do too. But I use Java six, and it's yeah, not hard to to upgrade. There's any any applications out there? Any web applications that are exclusively Java seven that that I know of anyway? So yeah, Java. Yeah, just uninstall it. Keep Java six. You're good. Yeah, we've got a link up on stolen droids that'll take you right to where you need to be. Yep. We're so good like that. See, we look out for you. It's all about you, the listener. I would like to think, though, that our listeners probably are already on top of this. You know what? No, I would I t- hope so. I take that back, because Java is one of those innocuous little things you have installed that you never think about. I thought, okay, it's I fixed it on my laptop, I fixed it on my wife's laptop, my computer at work. Well, that's everything. That's that's Yeah, my media center has had Java 7 running on it since the very beginning. <laughs> wow. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Well, you know, I actually went um, and I double-checked it on my work machine. Hello? 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 Six installations of Java. Hello? Oh, can you hear me? Java got him. <laughs> Java he got him. Java version of he, was, he was got by the, the Java. mafias after his honor. <laughs> okay, there, a, a, am I back? You're back. Okay, I don't know what happened there, but... Java I, didn't I want saying, you talking about it. 
Uh, apparently not. I had like six installations of Java because you know that nice little thing where they update but they don't uninstall previous versions. Oh, yeah, I so, hate that. Yeah, so I, it, it was good to get my system cleaned off. But, but yeah, I mean, just go back to Java 6, you'll be good. Show title, Java 8 Zoner. <laughs> Speaking dun, of dun, malware, dun. and because okay. Java the Hut. <laughs> okay, so I I listen to other tech podcasts too. Um, I, I find it good to see what other people are saying, and I've been really alarmed by this whole Java thing because all of them are really kind of brushing it off. Eh, it's no big deal. It's just a bit of malware. What can Java do, right? I don't understand this because, and as came to light this week, uh, a bit of malware has been floating around and targeting governments, governments, elected officials, government agencies, and it's been spying on them. And this is everywhere. Here's the scary thing. It's been out there for years. It's taken them five years to discover that this was even a thing. But it is so far. It's been dubbed Red October. And it has hit half the world and has fully infiltrated different levels of government. This is full-on bad stuff, bad malware. And so when I hear all these other tech podcasts going on about, eh, Java vulnerability, who really cares? Well, you should, because they get used, and they get used like this. Now, Kaspersky Labs, our favorite, uh, the people who Apple say don't know anything about security... They have found this uh, this virus, this malware, and they're saying it's on par, on par, yeah, excuse me, on par with Flame, which you may or may not remember is uh, that uh, virus that attacked shortly after Stuxnet. Oh yeah, yeah, and it is um, it's it's quite frightening actually. They believe it's coming in through Microsoft Office or PDF documents being executed, and it creates uh, one-way covert channels of communication. Think of it like a, uh, a secret VPN. So it's reporting back home, but no one knows where that is. It can Oops. extract, yeah, it can extract Windows account passwords, hashes, um, all your email, do all sorts of network scans, and dump uh, entire configurations from Cisco devices. Now, if you don't know what that means, that means that any, let's say your business has a Cisco router, the good news is is that it's usually so cryptic, only other Cisco experts can mess with it. Well, if something is scanning your network and pulling all the data out of your Cisco appliance, say your router, your firewall, whatever, it's reporting all that back to someone else, they can now bypass it quite easily. So this is all very bad news. Pretty serious stuff, yeah. Don't listen to those other shows that say this is no big deal. It's a big deal. <laughs> I, you know, we kind of have a track record of being able to call attention to the stuff that's big deals when nobody else is saying it's a big deal yet. This is kind of a big deal. <laughs> this is kind of, this is a very it's, big deal. It's not a big deal in the sense that um, personal computers aren't being targeted here, but it's a big deal in the sense that the people who are being targeted will eventually affect us. Yeah. Well, okay, look, the Java vulnerability is not going to screw up your Facebook browsing. Who cares? It will screw up large government entities. That you should care about. (laughs) (laughs) Because the government doesn't need any help screwing things up. They can do it well on their own. (laughs) Exactly. You don't want things any worse. 
Okay, into Apple news. Speaking of not any worse, word has come down, and originally this was just a rumor from a reliable source, but then the Wall Street Journal actually came out, and it has been confirmed. Apple is actually cutting back on the number of parts it's ordering for iPhone 5s. No one's really sure why, and Apple won't say. Typically, they have to build up a huge stockpile of iPhone parts so they can assemble them and get them out so they don't run into a shortage like they usually do after launch day. Oh, but here now, they're actually cutting back, and they're not ordering anymore. Now, there's, huh. a, there's a few different reasons why they do this. Reason number one, which I don't think is likely, is because they are getting ready to launch a new iPhone. And so they're going to start thinning out the well, herd. And done that before. Even then, they wouldn't stop manufacturing iPhone 5 if they came out with an iPhone 6. So Precisely. That's, that's not likely. Precisely. Uh, they, but how how long has the iPhone 5 been out? Like three months? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's been out for a very short time. And even, I mean, they still make 3GSs. You know? I don't. If anything, they should stop ordering parts for 3GSs and keep building the iPhone 5, sell them at a discount. That's been their MO every single time. So that's not very likely. Another likely option is that um, they're not selling... They're not selling as many iPhone 5s as they expected. They've already reached a large stock. You know, that's a distinct possibility. Maybe they, maybe all the all of the uh, Kool-Aid drinkers have already got their, their that, phones. So that's possibility afford. number two. Yeah, that the Kool-Aid drinkers, that the people who are going to buy an iPhone have already bought an iPhone. Let's face it, the 4S, still a really good phone. The 4, still a really good phone. And the 5... I mean, it really doesn't bring that much to the table to change it all. Right. Here's another possibility. They might be moving manufacturing elsewhere. I would think that whoever is running Apple would be smart enough to have spun up production at another manufacturer before cutting back the supplies from a previous. Yeah. I mean, if anything, Apple is really good with their supply chains. <laughs> You're too kind, right? Yeah. <laughs> Possibility number three is they're not selling as many phones because their market share has been more heavily cut into than we know yet. And we won't know until a new quarterly earnings call shows that they have oversaturated themselves out of a market and now everyone is switching over to Android or Windows Phone. Yeah, last time... What what about BlackBerry 10? Well, and see, I... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> here's the thing with blackberry 10 we've we've gone on and on and on about this but blackberry still carries enough clout in the industry that even if people aren't clamoring chomping at the bit for the new blackberry 10 supposed to come out at the end of this month there's still enough of a doubt in people's mind i mean that's why verizon and t-mobile and at&t have already pledged to carry those phones right just in case. That's why a lot of businesses aren't upgrading their phones, because what if it's good? Or as Verizon CEO says, he hopes it will be a decent phone. You know? <laughs> but there's the, there's just enough of that, what if? What if? So I almost wonder if a lot of people who are going to or about to upgrade their iPhones are doing that. They're playing the waiting game, waiting to, what if? If in two weeks there's an awesome BlackBerry phone out on the market that I want. Hmm. That's possible, yeah. I don't know how well, likely that possibility is, because I don't think iPhone users are 
they don't overlap with BlackBerry users. No. You're probably right there. But I, I, I don't know. Well, kind of kind of along that same line, though, the, the hype, and I can't wait to get to this, but the hype for BlackBerry 10 actually caused RIM's stock to jump 10%. Yeah. Of course, I, I, I called that they would have, I mean, dog's got to shine up, or sun's got to shine up a dog's butt sometime or something. I don't know how the saying goes. Wow. But <laughs> I couldn't even mess that one up. <laughs> Shut up. It's late. But um, Tonight's dictionary yeah. moment brought to you by RIM. <laughs> I mean, their stock is up 10% on just hype from BlackBerry 10. So if people are buying into the stock and it's not even out yet, sure, they'll probably all sell it once. BlackBerry 10 comes out and they realize that it's not what they want and that it's still BlackBerry. But um, I was right. and You were right. but Okay, so in the, in, during this week, Zoner sends me a link going, ha I was right, see? And he points to RIM's prices, going, stock price going up 10%. But then I zoomed out to show him the 18-month. And I sent well, it back saying, okay, so... They've still gone from like $150 a share to almost reaching $15 a share. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> but we, I mean, yeah, we still have the entire year to go through. And being the beginning of the year and that BlackBerry 10 hasn't come out yet, it's looking good so far. So. I'm well, I will say this RIM can only go up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody in in Canada is going. You like us. You really like us. <laughs> uh, yes, they belong to forty eight fourteen dot com, and they're in the Toronto area. But that that actually kind of plays into what you were saying, though, Zook, is that you know you've got you've got all this anticipation for this. You've got, I mean, the S four Galaxy S four was announced. I mean, there's all these things that are announced. People, I, maybe they just don't want to jump in on an iPhone at the moment. I, th- I honestly think people were really burned by the 5. I, 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 I think, and, and the Maps issue. Yeah, well, I, I think people who weren't burned by the 5 got burned by Maps. But people in whole, because I heard it from everyone, it's like, okay, so the 5 is, well, that's nice. It still has a smaller screen than most Androids, but I guess it's bigger. I guess it's not. Nice. Dude, the headphone jack's on the bottom. <laughs> Mind blown. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Into other weird news. I saw this on uh, on Facebook, actually, this week. I thought it was a hoax. I thought it was just one of those sign up and buy three of these offers that are from affiliates and you might get a gift card. But no, people were saying you could get um, Adobe Creative Suite 2 for free. Still can. You still can. Well, you just, you just technically go here you could. Well, yes. yeah, legally, legally. But it's like everyone's like, "Oh, you should go download this. You should go download this." Like, no, thanks. I already have some better software. Thank you. Um, and it, but it turns out it was completely legit. The problem was is they didn't mean to. Adobe did. Yeah, this wasn't intentional. The problem was is that the activation servers that serve a. Um, Creative Suite 2 were going to get retired. And a lot of the Creative Suite 2 owners were complaining, saying, you deactivate those servers, we can't activate our product anymore if we ever need to move it to a different computer. Remember the DRM issues we talked about in episodes past? Well, so Adobe said, okay, well, we'll just 
we'll just make it so people who already have it, it doesn't call out for activation. They don't need to be activated anymore. The problem is they applied it across all copies of CS2. So you can go now to Adobe's website and download CS2 because it's not really a storefront. You don't buy it from the website. What you do is you download it, you install it. It tries to activate. It says, hey, you want to buy a license? Then it takes your money. But now it doesn't do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Instead, they post the serial number right there on the download page. And you copy that, paste it in, and you're good to go. Yep. Now, so technically, yes, you are getting it, but they that's not what they were meaning to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and what's funny is Adobe came out and said that to legally use CS2, users still require a purchased license, and that the move was just meant to assist the existing customers. But the serial numbers are still on their site. They haven't taken them down. And they're still working. Yep. Which kind of reminds me of uh, when Microsoft <laughs> accidentally gave everyone who had pirated Windows 8 free Windows 8 by giving out that uh, the Media Center upgrade license. Mm, yeah. Because the Media Center upgrade license legitimized your pirated copy of Windows 8. Yeah. Odd that way. Now, uh, this article that we've linked to on techspot.com points out a very good uh, bit of counterpoint. It might behoove Adobe to leave it this way. Because the more people who can get in on, at this point now, what is it, a a five-year-old version of Adobe, are less likely to go out and try and pirate CS6. So they could probably save themselves a lot of headache in pirating. Yeah, well, that being said, there's a big difference in features between CS2 and CS6. Right, but Um, let's face it, the people who want those features already have CS6, one way or another. (laughs) Good point. This is for everyone else. You don't lose any more people to GIMP, which is the free, the open source image editing software. Or Paint.net. Or Paint.net. You can still keep them in the Adobe family, but they're not out stealing your newest stuff. So, I don't know. Remember what we always say about uh, piracy and, and licenses? Make it more Make accessible. It yep. That's right. Yep. Okay, into, uh, let's see, where are we on the document? Facebook news. Facebook. Oh, I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> Tuesday, Facebook held a press conference where they announced something big. And it was. It was something that no one saw coming. It's called their new, what is it, Graph Search? Yep. Yeah, yeah. which Who kind of these threw things? me for a loop. Yeah, it's like, oh, so are we searching for images? I mean, that's yeah, that's, that's called a spread- spreadsheet, right? <laughs> what this is, it's it's a contextual search engine based off of all your Facebook information and all everyone else's. So you could put into your search window, I want to find people who are female between the ages of 18 and 30 who live within five miles of me and like Adventure Time. And all of a sudden go bloop, 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 bloop. And, and it will set it up. And if that's... Yeah, if it doesn't sound as creepy as I just made it sound, it, it should. Then you weren't listening. Yeah, They can get creepier, though. They can get really creepier because people like stupid things on Facebook. And by when I say like, I don't mean like their personal preference. I mean like they hit the like button. It on remembers a, those things. Like, yeah. Yeah. There, there's one, I think Gizmodo found one, uh, where a whole bunch of people came up in a racist query. 
And, and I think it was, uh, I've, show me people who like when black people say weird things that don't make sense. And it showed an entire page of people who at some point had liked that. Gee. <laughs> so congratulations, all that really embarrassing stuff, it's even worse now. Now, Facebook has pledged that nothing that wasn't public before will not be made public this way. That being said, a lot of people have put a lot of stupid things under their page and made it public. So now is the time, before this rolls out, because it's in beta right now, and you can sign up for the beta if you want. I have, just to see what it's like. But now might be the time to check your Facebook security settings. And privatize a lot of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, Facebook has put out a very interesting... uh, I will give them props for this, because I like this. But there is a security setting where you can go in and retroactively make all your posts friends only. So if, like me, for whatever reason, there was like a year and a half there where I was posting publicly and I didn't want to. But I figured, oh, I'm I'm not going to go back. I'll miss it all. You know, I'll miss a couple of them. It'll take forever. But no, I just clicked that button. It says, warning, it can't be undone. Like, I don't want it undone. You click it, and all those previous posts, no matter what they originally set as, are made friends only. That's pretty smart. That is pretty smart. Uh, Just the same, I don't know if I like this. I don't like this. To me, Facebook, I think, has grown a little too long in the tooth. I don't know what they're trying to accomplish other than annoying Google with this. That's the first thing I thought when I saw this on one of the early morning news programs. As they said, oh, hey, here's this new blah, 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 blah. And I went, graph search what? You know, kind of like how everybody else did. And then they said, somebody actually said in the, in the news article, they said, okay, well, so what's the difference between this and Google? And they said, well, Google's all the whole internet, whereas this is you're just searching in Facebook. And, and they were trying to say, you see, they was like, you can, you can search what your favorite, your friend's favorite pizza places are. In, in, you know, find favorite pizza places and, you know, find my friend's favorite pizza places in, in Salt Lake City or something like that. Tell you what. If I have a favorite pizza place or a favorite piece of software or a favorite stuff, I will just post about it. I'm not. I, you don't have to use this. Yeah, we have a podcast for that. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, it's called Two Jacks Pizza, and they make the best pizza ever. But uh, to me, I think Facebook is, has grown into just a glorified address book is how I've been using it. Because admittedly, oh, yeah. it brings a lot of good contact information to your phone now or to your computer, or to your tablet. Whenever you sign into it, it, it syncs up your contacts. Really good address book. That's all I really want to use it for anymore. I'm just scared to use it any other way. Which I don't know might be a sign I'm getting old. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> cricket, cricket. <laughs> Get off my Not as honor old. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now I feel hurt and old. <laughs> You're already eaten by Java, so... I was. Okay, we're gonna it's been ju- a rush night for the Zoners. <laughs> going to jump ahead here. Microsoft has announced the pricing scheme for Office 2013. Why is this making it into our headlines? Well, because it's actually very interesting when you compare it to the not-really-used Office 365. Now, if you've forgotten, Office 365 is going to be their online subscription-based office. Think of Google Docs only on steroids and PCP. It is insane. It basically is a full version of Office, only it's web-based. 
and it's a lot cheaper. I'm going to run down the prices here real fast. Uh, Office, this is the full installation. Office Home and Student 2013, and for RT, that's the tablet, is $139 versus $3.30 a month for university students or $8.33 a month for home users for the Office 365. That's quite a difference. Yep. That's basically you could go a few years and still not reach the cost of a full installation. Okay, um, uh, home and business. The full version, two hundred nineteen. Um, the small business Office three sixty five, twelve dollars a month. Office standard, the most uh, commonly pirated version, three hundred and sixty nine dollars a license or fifteen dollars a month. Okay. Office Professional Plus, $500, or $20 a month. Yeah. So those are actually pretty well-priced, the month-to-month ones, Office 365. Yeah, I, I really like this. And I, I think we brought this up when uh, when Adobe started doing the monthly prices for their CS products. Um, I think this really caters to those people who... Um, you know, might be only using it for a few months at a time, or mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're going to school, so I'm going to want this for just a year. Um, definitely cost, uh, lowers the cost, and on the plus side, you're subscribing to a service, not a software. And so, right. Office 365 is available to all the devices you're on. You don't and need it, to, you and don't it'll need... upgrade when they release an upgrade. You get the upgrade. Exactly, and you, and yeah, you don't need to install it on every single. You don't need a license for every single device you have, as well. So, which you do need with Office. Now, uh, again, as Schmitty pointed out, it does not have. It's not like a, a cellular phone contract. You don't buy two years worth of service during the summer months when your kids are home from school. They're not going to be using it. You don't have to pay for it those months. And let's face it: as much as we'd like to say that we're always productive. Uh, it can go quite a while between times you open Office on your home computer. <laughs> How do I use this again? What? what? Yeah. How do I save a document? I, I don't use Office on my home computer much. I use it all the time at work, but that's a different beast, you know. So um, while I was originally quite skeptical of Office 365 and the idea of a subscription-based Office, it's starting to make a lot more sense with those prices. So. Yeah, I think so. Um, into computer news, Dell. Dell has been rumored to be in talks of a corporate buyout, of going private. This is very interesting. Very interesting. No one knows what to make of this. Especially because the, the company that's talking about buying them out, no one knows anything about them. <laughs> but it's kind of in line with their shift, wanting to move... Um, oh, Wow. The article just changed. When I looked at this article this morning, it was a different company. They're talking that the company that wants to buy them now is called PC King. P. That's no. Yeah, I take change. no. I take that back. They just changed the headline. They're saying that Dell was a PC King. Wow, okay. you'd really expect a better headline <laughs> from the Wall Street Journal. The company that's thinking of buying them out is called Silver Lake Partners. Which sounds like one of those nondescript companies that owns a fast food chain. <laughs> but they were or talk- a campground where kids get murdered in the summer. <laughs> yes, yes, a happy, happy, fun time campground. Um, but they they're talking <laughs> about buying out 
Dell's public options. Therefore, if you own stock in Dell, you would just get cashed out and making the company private so it could better concentrate on corporate users. Dell has been moving more into the corporate space, building more and more servers, and really encroaching on HP's territory, especially because HP hasn't been very strong in recent years. Um, I don't know quite what to expect of this. I like Dell's, I really do, but I kind of like their strength right now. I don't know how that would change if they went private. I... Dude, gotta yeah, get a Dell. It's definitely a hit out of left field. That's really I have cool. a Dude, Dell. You can go to Dell. I have a Dell. Well, maybe, maybe that's what these investors are thinking. They're like, they're there at the gym, you know, or whatever, working on their biceps. And dude, gotta get a Dell. Okay, let's go. It. I mean, <laughs> I suppose that's one theory. I would like to think that more business decisions aren't made in gyms. It just seems like a bad place to make decisions. You've got all these endorphins pumping through you. <laughs> Synergy, man. Synergy. <laughs> endorphins, steroids, same thing. Um. <laughs> hey, dude, let's sit in towels in the steam room and talk a corporate buyout. Yeah, I, I'd really hope that's that not where... That sounds like the start of a bad movie. <laughs> yes, with a worse soundtrack. Okay. <laughs> finally, our final headline. Um, finally, the courts have made a decision, and Superman now belongs to Warner Brothers, and by extension, DC Comics. Uh, this has been going on and on for years, but the estates of Simon & Schuster, uh, who originally created the Man of Steel, have been going back and forth saying that they still own Superman. Or at least elements of it. A uh, court ruling, I want to say in 2001, said that parts of his costume and his origin story still belong to the estates. But just recently, another court ruling has stated that that's not correct. Uh, it is now owned wholesale by DC and Warner Brothers. And I know there's been a lot of outrage. Uh, in fact, the article I'm linking to is from Krypton Radio. I know even Krypton Radio has said, you know, we don't know how we feel about the original creators getting screwed out like this. Because historically, if you look, go back through the history of Superman, they sold him for a ridiculously low amount. We're talking like Island of Manhattan style sale here. I want to say it was like $130 or something. Which, granted, back then was a lot more than it is now. Just the same if you look at the property, he's worth a lot more than that. Yeah. I may not make friends by saying this, but so what? I I don't understand why these people have been going after it so much. Especially because it's not even the original creators, it's their kids. Well, the rights were sold, the kids realized, wait a second, Dad just sold this for a whole lot less than we want, so we're going to try and get more. I think that's what it boils down to. They weren't happy with the sale of the, or with the signing over of the rights. And, you know, but screwing over the, screwing over the comic creators, eh, that's nothing new. It's been going on since comics have been around. I don't think they I mean, screwed them over. And, and let me explain why. And I say this, well, at, I'm at not a comic At the time, they probably didn't. Yeah. Because uh, I'm not a comic guy, you are, so I have a different viewpoint on this, but Simon Schuster created it. They didn't put as much 
resources into it as DC did. From DC's standpoint, they weren't buying intellectual property. They were investing. And they have. Yeah. Yeah. Let's face it. Superman is not popular because he was created by two guys. Superman is popular because he has been continuously maintained, upgraded, like more and more and more and more has been added to him. He's been an investment for DC, just like Batman. He's, he's stayed in the public spotlight, right. in the popular culture. And I'm, I'm sorry, but the estates of Simon Schuster had nothing to do with that. If DC hadn't taken Superman, he may have died in obscurity. You know? Yeah, I mean, how many comic comics were around in the 30s and 40s that nobody knows about because nobody cared? The publishers didn't care. The publishers for Superman cared, and as a result, we have the Superman that we know and love today. That had nothing to do with Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster's kids. Oh, sorry. It's not Simon and Schuster. Siegel and Schuster. Simon and Schuster is another uh, publishing uh, That's a book publisher. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Siegel and Schuster, you're absolutely right. But it's like... But y- you know, you look at it though. Same thing. Ha- well, something similar with with Batman. Everybody knows Batman was created by Bob Kane. Bob Kane didn't create Batman. Bill Finger did. Nobody knows who Bill Finger is unless you're a nerd like me. Yeah. The only reason you know Bob Kane is because he sued and made it as part of the contract that wherever Batman is ever shown, you see in the credits created by Bob Kane. That's the only reason that's still in there. Yeah. And it's also, I believe it's also um, in legal documents somewhere saying that Bill Finger cannot be in there. Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's right up that there. That sounds like, like a, an article you're going to have to write for the, for, for the website. It's like a law of the universe. <laughs> right up there with Batman wins every fight is Batman is created by Bob Kane. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So and I don't see what and, the big and, issue is here. It's it's kids that are pissed because they want their money. They they want to get paid, man. Yeah. But it makes news. It makes geek news. And I'm sorry if you're out there and you disagree with me. But, I mean, to me, it's like... Uh, it would, what's a good way of putting it? It's like if we sold this show. We sold it for $100 to... Oh, what's a bit... To Fox Media. I wouldn't do that, but let's just go with it, okay? And they invest how much they're going to give us. <laughs> they invest so much into the show and it becomes big and it becomes the number 1 hit in the world. It becomes the biggest show in the world and I come back 50 years later or my kids come back 50 years later saying, "Well, we didn't know it was going to be that big. We want more money now." Well, yep. like, I'm sorry, it wasn't yours anymore. It was sold. Yep. As soon as you sell it, it ceases to be yours. It's kind of like saying, kind of like selling a really crappy junker car from your yard. Someone fixes it up, and when you see how nice it looks, saying, "Well, I want more money now." Sorry, you sold it. <laughs> That's what yeah. a sale means. So, sorry, Estates of Siegel and Schuster. Maybe you should do something else. But those are our headlines. Into our fast lane, since we don't have another sponsor to give you. I already talked about Open Book Audio who are awesome, and you should totally check them out. <laughs> Fastlane! Fastlane, all right. 
Google caught some ire after their Street View camera reportedly ran down a donkey in Botswana and left it for dead, all while the cameras were recording. After much investigating, Google announced that people had been viewing the pictures in reverse order and that the donkey had been lying in the road to begin with, got up, then moved to the side of the car as the car passed. As far as they know, the donkey is still alive and well. Couldn't make this stuff up if I tried. And more stuff we can't make up. Like a marketing presentation too dumb, Qualcomm gave a CES presentation that could only be described as mind-bendingly painful, with actors pretending to be hackers, Big Bird, and Steve Ballmer trolling and ignoring the Qualcomm CEO, then a Rolls-Royce driving onto the stage for no apparent reason, and a Maroon 5 performance being overdubbed by a Dido cover. One tech journalist tweeted, It's like reality has somehow jumped the shark. <laughs> The White House's We the People petition system has seen a slight change after so many people signed the proposed signed the proposal for a Death Star to be built. Originally, the system required uh, 5,000 signatures to get a White House response. Then it was changed to 25,000 in an effort to discourage pranksters. After the Death Star petition was able to draw more than the required 25,000, officials decided to up the number to 100,000. It's like they're just challenging us now. <laughs> Challenge accepted. And a research project that began 34 years ago has finally come to a close, and its findings have been announced. The project that w- was developed to help prove the existence of dark matter in the universe announced with great confidence that they hadn't found any proof of dark matter in the slightest. The project's name, Bust, suddenly also became its findings. <laughs> Um, while many people complain of U.S. companies sending jobs overseas, one American worker decided to send his job over himself. Administration found that an office worker's VPN login was being used through a Chinese IP address, even though they were looking at him sitting at his desk. Further investigations showed that he had outsourced parts of his job to different overseas vendors while he sat back and played on his company's internet. He was terminated, ironically, shortly after having received recognition for producing such reliable and exemplary work. (laughs) And need a girlfriend to make your ex jealous? This Brazilian website will create a profile of a fake girlfriend and post it on any social media site for you to show off. Don't worry, ladies, the company will soon start providing fake boyfriend profiles as well. And how will this all end? Probably in tears. A judge has ordered Apple and Amazon to play nice and decide how to use the term App Store between the two of them. Here's an idea. You use it by typing it out. App Store. There. Done. Done. <laughs> okay. Um, our, our talking point this week is taken straight from the headlines. Um, you probably heard about it. You're probably sick of hearing about it. But, um, oh, what's his name? Zoner? Manti Teo. Manti Teo. He plays sports ball from that one team. Um, (laughs) He's a college football player for Notre Dame. He's actually one of the best college football players in the country. So he's he's going to get drafted. He's no slouch. Well, it turns out that uh, he had this heartbreaking story about a girlfriend that he loved who got in a car accident and then it turns out she had leukemia, and she died right before a big game. He was so in love with her. The two of them were just so in love. And all the support started bleeding out for him and for her. Uh, students at Notre Dame were trying to raise money for her family. Then different newspapers and uh, syndicated media got a hold of the story. And it just became... Because, you know, Americans love sweetheart stories, and we love underdogs. You know, we love tragedies. And it just went 
crazy. Right up until some journalists started poking around and realized the girl doesn't exist. They couldn't that, find a social security number for her. They couldn't find an obituary for her. They couldn't find a birth announcement. Yeah. After a bunch of snooping, they found that uh, this girl was actually a guy who was stealing people's photos and had been playing this part. Now, there's still a lot going back and forth. A lot of people are saying that uh, <laughs> Teo was in on it. And honestly, after having a, uh, having a relationship for two years like this, you'd think... Three. Three, yeah. Especially when it turns out that the guy who was pretending to be the girlfriend knew Teo in real life. They knew each other. Yeah, there there, there was some... Uh, There's a lot Somehow of... his uncle lives here in Utah, and I guess he was interviewed on the local uh, sports stations, and I guess they were he was just rattling off all these names who were in on this. Yeah. yeah. I, like, he, wow. he was actually one of the teachers at my high school, so I, I know the family, so... So, but but going past that, because we don't want to get, I mean, whatever this this foosball thing is that you guys are talking about, <laughs> there, it's, it's of the quite, devil. It's of the devil. Foosballs of the devil, Bobby. Um, it's become quite a thing here, and it's started to be known as catfishing. Now, it comes from a movie that was produced uh, that I've actually seen. It's actually pretty good. Um, by what is it? Neve Schumann, I want to say. He fell in love. He, he, through a weird set of circumstances, met online a girl, a 19-year-old girl named Megan, and the two of them started an eight-month relationship. He talked to her on the phone, talked with her sister, talked with her mom, uh, added her whole family on Facebook, you know, really started t- to like her and created this online relationship with her. But things started to not really add up, and he started to investigate further and went and surprised her at home only to find out she was not a 19-year-old girl. She didn't exist. A 42-year-old married mother had created everything, had created all the family, created all the friends, all the different people he had friended on Facebook. She'd made them all up. He named the show Catfish, after the uh, of how you catch a catfish by pretending to be someone else. It, went, it became a huge hit, um... And it was only filmed because his brother was a film student and decided to make a documentary out of his stupid brother's online relationship. Well, he's since turned it into an MTV TV show. I don't know if you guys have seen. It's actually very, very good, where they follow other people who have gotten into online relationships and started to wonder and have decided to find out the truth. And it's a fascinating look now at how people use the online world to change their identity, change who they are. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because you can, I mean, before the internet, to create a fa- false identity, it was either really, really expensive or really difficult. But now, a, a, just a collection of photos, um, a free well, e- new email account from yeah, an email address, and then, well, because this is this isn't just happening with people making identities. Uh, we had another example of something like this, similar to this. I don't know if you actually call it catfishing or not, but um, the Desert News decided that they were going to go ahead and accept articles from citizens in order to help them cut down on their staff. Well, what happened was is that one of the mayors in Utah decided to go ahead and make a fake account uh, pulled a picture of some guy he found in California and started writing all of these very positive articles about his city and then uh, 
sold several of them to the to the Desert News, and eventually he came clean. Yeah, he actually stepped forward himself. And a lot of people praised him for it, but it was kind of like this, this football player. He stepped forward and said, "Hey, I got I got taken in by this or something like that." But this this uh, this mayor actually tried to run for another larger uh, county position and ended, ended up actually ended up losing the position because a lot. And, and I, I would attribute at least part of that to the fact that he he did this fake online account. Mm-hmm. Now, and I should clarify. You know, whatever happens with this Teo. Cruz or whatever his name was, I really am this bad at sports. It's horrible. What is his name? <laughs> Manti Teo. Manti Teo. <laughs> so not Teo Cruz. That's someone else. No, I, I don't know. That's Teo Cruz. Oh, I don't know who you're talking about. Anyway, um, <laughs> so get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> but so. Um, there's question. There's a lot of question because he had previously been reported as saying that he's met her. They've talked on the phone. They would talk on the phone all night. They'd both fall asleep on the phone and wake up to each other still on the phone because the phone call never ended. All these different things that are obviously now not true. He never met her. She never flew out to Hawaii. He never talked to her on the phone because she didn't exist. Whether or not he knew that, that's up for discussion. However, him aside... People ask, well, how could you not know? How could you be taken in? And the thing is, is it's actually quite easy. We as humans will take whatever information we've been given and we'll believe what we want to believe out of it. And we're generally quite trusting. Which I find very ironic. Yes. But so, people have gone on for year-long relationships, two-year-long relationships, all these different things... And and we want to believe. We want to believe that there's someone out there who really likes us, who is our soulmate, not realizing that it is, um, you know, all false. Now, I I've never I've been online for years. You know, I I've been I've had a presence on the internet since the late '90s, back in the day before Google flushed their cash. Uh, you could search my name and find all my old posts. I used to write for different websites. I've always been an editor for different tech sites. You could find them all. And even in how ingrained on the internet I've been, I've always been me. I've never actually changed my identity. Um, my wife has been kind of the same way. I asked her, and I'm like, you know, have you ever done that? She's like, no, I've never done that either. In fact, she and I met each other online. But this is still quite common because I know I've talked to people online who have changed who they were, who were lying about who they were. They were just really bad at it. So I caught them early. But have you guys ever seen this happen in person, or have you ever been tempted to do it? Or You know, what? I... Oh, go ahead, start. I was say, when I first got into the cold communications bit was back in the days of when we had BBSs. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 we had the, you had the modems to dial up, and you had the one phone line, so you had to pray nobody picked up the phone and interrupted your connection to the BBS. And, and uh, I remember I, I'd seen Hackers, I'd seen a whole bunch of other movies and stuff like that, and there was just all this thing about how they were trying to trace you back to who you were. So the very, very, very first BBS account I made, I made a fake account. I had a fake name, I had a fake persona of who I was and then after about two weeks I realized it wasn't going to matter 
And so I wanted to go back to having my real name up there and all sorts of other stuff. Well, what's interesting is that the uh, the mod, the moderator, could actually sit and start typing to you while you were remoted into his BBS computer. So he's like, hey, can I knock you offline? I want to call him and get a, and, and order a pizza. And I'm like, yeah, sure. By the way, while you're doing this, can you go ahead and fix me? So I'm like this and this. He's like, yeah, sure. And he wanted to hurry up and get it done so he could hurry, he'd get me off to make a pizza. But this, back in the days of these early BBSs, they physically called someone to say, hey, is this really Stark? Is this really so-and-so? So I remember telling my mom, hey, if you get a call for this person, yes, they really live here. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best identity verification system. Call my mom. My mom will tell you. <laughs> She'll tell you more about me than you than I want her to. Zana, what were you going to say? Well, you know, I've I like you. I've always uh, pretty much been who I am online. I, I don't really go under any aliases or anything because what you see is what you get. But um, <laughs> and I really don't care if you don't like it. But there um, isn't enough Photoshop for that ugly. So why bother? <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's why I have a beard. It helps cover the ugly. Um, but I, I've been married now for 15 years. The internet, when I got married, was still uh, it, it was still in its infancy compared to what we know it as today. And so there wasn't a whole lot of online dating or anything. But I did. I, I, there, there were was was one female in particular that I can think of that I I was establishing an online relationship with, and we I actually went to go meet her in person. She was nothing. I totally got catfished, and she was nothing what I was led to believe. And it just I didn't even meet her. I I just saw her. I knew exactly who she was based on everything and and that was that on the other hand i did have some ex- a couple of experiences where the people were you know what they claimed to be um unfortunately they left out the irritating part but um everyone always <laughs> does yeah schmitty yeah. what about you you know i i honestly can say i don't have any catfishing experiences um the online experience for me has always been pretty much you know I am who I am, and <laughs> I, I don't even think I've ever had an alias, so well, outside it, of just many. Yeah, well, that's a nickname. It's not really an alias. I, I started off, back in the BBS days, I started with an alias, um, Dirty Snowball, which I later found out the urban connotation to and had to change it. I chose it because it was a good description of a comet. I thought comets were cool. I thought it was sounded cool to be like a spacey thing. I was 14. <laughs> I was an idiot, okay? Right. It wasn't until someone else on one of those BBSs explained what, t- to them, Dirty Snowball meant, um, at which point I changed it. But uh, the common theme is, in a lot of these cases, is that people aren't doing it necessarily maliciously, inconsiderate, sure, but if you watch the show, many times it's just a form of escape for them. For whatever reason, they're not happy with where they are in life or who they are in life, and so they use it as an escape. And because you are through a computer, you'll never find out. You'll never be hurt. No harm, no foul. Right? Right. Except for the fact that a lot of times people are taken in. And I think 
in a lot of ways, if you get taken in, it's because you want that escape too. Um, like I said, my wife and I met each other online, and the idea always was is that eventually I'd meet you, or I'd meet her, right? If I'm going to talk to you online, the idea is that always that at one point I'm going to meet you. So what's the point in lying? Many of the people who get catfished, and I'm speaking in general terms, of course, because everyone is different, but it seems like they are just as much wanting an escape. The only difference is is that they didn't initiate the lie. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn. I don't know what you guys and, think and, about that, but yeah, I, no, I, I, I think that, I, you know, that's that, profound. It's almost like maybe maybe uh, a lot of the people that get catfished maybe they don't care if if the other person is fake or not. They're they're there for the escape, and whether it's true or not, they're perfectly fine with that. They're just happy I, that I, someone else wants them. Exactly. I I think it goes back to what you you said earlier, Zook. People will believe what they want to believe. You can tell somebody that the sky is blue, and if they want to believe that the sky is, you know, orange, well, yeah, that's partly true depending upon the time of day and weather conditions and whatnot. Semantics. But for them, the sky is always orange. Yeah. You know, they're gonna they're gonna take what they want, and they're gonna. And they're going to use it the way that they feel it needs to be used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we, want, we want your thoughts on this, because we may just be all making this up. But we, uh, And don't worry, if you want to use a, a fake name, if you write in and you have an embarrassing story or a story you don't necessarily want associated with your name, give me a fake name. I'll say a fake name. That's fine. But I want to know what everyone else's thoughts are on this. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Um, well, here's the question. Will we know if it's even your real name? Uh huh. Ho ho. That's profound. Just, just a thought. Hi, uh, I am a football player <laughs> for the University of Notre Dame. And... <laughs> <laughs> okay, this week marks the start of a new thing we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing our weekly Amazon picks, where each of us picks one item from Amazon, um, or really it could be anywhere, but things are usually easier to get through Amazon. Um, and this week is Schmidty's. Yeah, so my pick, um, I I probably brought it up a lot on on the show, but it's uh, uh, based on uh, the open source hardware platform called Arduino. I got one for Christmas, and I, I've been loving it. Um, the product I'm linking to, um, oh, my wife is telling me that she wants me to mention that she got it for her me. So, <laughs> so the the product I'm linking to is called Plus Spark- Ten to Schmidty's wife. There you go. <laughs> It's called the SparkFun Starter Kit for Arduino. Um, it comes with not only the Arduino programmable microcontroller, but it comes the the kit itself comes with the breadboards to be able to um, easily uh, wire your circuitry together. Comes with a whole bunch of sensors and outputs for you to play with, including um, light sensors, uh, photo cells, LEDs. Uh, all the resistors you need. So um, it's a good starter kit if you want to get started into electronics. Um, cool. Sounds like a really cool little piece of kit. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's it's a blast, too. So. <laughs> All right. And how much can they get that for? This is for fifty nine ninety five, Which, for that amount of electronics, is not bad. Mm-hmm. All right. Into our favorites. Uh, mine started off as a giggle, I'll admit. It didn't really make a good punchline till the very end, but I thought it was a good enough one to add here. Um, if you've ever played Halo, you know the guy during multiplayer, you know, 
double kill, triple kill, kill-tacular, and it goes on and on and on until you've gotten ten kills in a row, uh, which is a killionaire. Well, this particular player in this video is doing so well that the announcer has to start thinking up new titles on the fly. And it turns out he's not doing a very good job. He throws out, like, Killy Clarkson, Killary Clinton. He goes on and on and on until he's just had enough, and then you learn what happens when you push an announcer too far. So it's worth a laugh, maybe once, maybe not again. It's not a very strong favorite, but that's mine for the week. <laughs> At least you're honest. Such confidence. Okay, <laughs> my favorite is strong. I, I will say that. It is strong. Somebody decided that they needed to take cutscenes from the original Star Wars trilogy uh, of Darth Vader and dub them with scenes from Arnold Sch- or dialogue yeah. from Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Um, it's awesome. Pure awesome. You know this Just is the second it. week in a row that you have a dubbed Darth Vader favorite. I know. It's really cool, isn't it? <laughs> All yeah, right. this this is like the most epic thing I've seen in a long, long time. All right. Well, speaking of epic, I have a rap battle, but no, it's not from the epic rap battles of history. Um, this is a uh, rap battle between Smeagol and Gollum over who gets the ring. And uh, actually, I thought it was very well done, and uh, I, I got a good laugh at it, especially at the very end when there's the, when, when one of the punchlines hits. So uh, check it out. And Schmidty's on, uh, and who's on mute? Oh, whoops, sorry. <laughs> My favorite uh, this week comes from our friends over at Bad Lip Reading. Um, I know we've shared a lot from them before. This is they they've overdubbed uh, videos from the NFL. And it is hilarious. If the NFL were overdubbed like this all the time, I would definitely watch the NFL. <laughs> they even had parts thing. where they had actually redone some of the graphics for, like, the, the score. Yeah. <laughs> they should actually do that as, like, a secondary audio program for sports shows. <laughs> all right. Well, that is our favorite. That's our show for this week. I uh, want to give a special thanks out to all of our sponsors. Uh, thank you to you, the listeners. Again, feedback at StolenDroids.com. Let us know what you want to hear about. Let, let us know what your thoughts are. Uh, until next time, cheers. End of line. One to beam up. Good day.